You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. Would you remain standing for the reading of God's Word? You might even want to close your eyes. Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 1. And as you hear these words, I want you to be listening for the phrase, In Christ. Are we ready? Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the Lord and God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespass, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and insight. He's made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purposes of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in Him, you were marked with the seal of His promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward the redemption as God's own people to the praise of His glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. Today, maybe you notice the title of the sermon. God's plan for everything. A, a real modest uh, proposal for what we'll do today. God's plan for everything? Really? We're launching off into a new sermon series. And if you're new and joining us, we want you to know that you can... Let us know that you're here. You can check in on the Church Center app. And there you can find things like the sermon text, the sermon title, the bulletin to find out what's going on at first. And you can be even more connected here at first. Well, you know, I hear these things. I, I don't know if you heard these words just kind of washing over you. It's grand. It's more than one can take in. The only thing that I can picture is the stars. Are you one who likes to look at the stars? Do you find yourself in our dark Albuquerque skies having to take a glance up and just see the heavens? I remember as a kid laying on my back either to watch the stars or to watch the sky and the clouds and just to think about how big it all is and how small I feel. What a tiny little dot as a part of this massive universe that we live in. 
all that lies behind us, all that we know being measured in light years? I mean, are you kidding me? I can't even fathom that. The distance light travels in a year? Wow, it's overwhelming to think about the vastness and the darkness and the mystery. And I just am overwhelmed with, who am I? Who am I in this? I kind of want someone to tell me, well, here, here's who you are. This is what you need to be about. Almost like Mission Impossible style. Do we have any Mission Impossible fans? Got six of these movies. Good news, there's new ones coming. Next summer in 2023 and then also in 2024. They're already shooting those and getting ready. But I, I love these because you get the mission, right? There's at some point where you get the mission. And I, I want to take us back even further. You, you may not have ever seen the old television shows. There were two. There was one in the 80s, early 90s, and one in the 60s. So let's go way back. Let's look at one generic mission as Jim is introduced to what he's supposed to do in one of these early on episodes. Let's take a look. Don't you love the high-tech caliber of the 1960s? That's a reel-to-reel tape that, that uh, I, you know, most of us are not familiar with. I'm certainly not old enough to know anything about that. A reel-to-reel tape where Jim gets this mission that, that was every episode, every movie, right? It's going to self-destruct in five seconds. I, I didn't do my watch, but I don't think that was quite five seconds before it began that spellbinding smoke. But there's always this thing, you know, if you die, we're going to disavow any knowledge of you. And there's always this choice. Should you choose to accept this mission, this is what you're going to do. Now, we get to these points in our life where we would like to know what our mission is, you know, in a less cheesy way, a way where we know this is what we're supposed to be about. This is the kind of person that we're supposed to be. Then we get hit with life. We get hit with the curves that are thrown our way. Maybe it's a job that's taken away from us or a brand new job that we're given where we're trying to find our way in this new job. Sometimes it's with the birth of a child where we're having to adjust our lives to this new life that's with us. And then at other times it's letting go of that child. Or maybe it's with a friendship where we've had a friend for a long time and, and things pass and fade and that friendship dies. Maybe even that person dies or for whatever reason, that loss of friendship means something of a loss of purpose and we, we lose sight of what we're to be about in these seasons and in these experiences. And it's times like this that we even will step back and wonder, does God even exist? It's quite normal to, to wonder if there, really, if there really is a God. Maybe, maybe if we think there's a God, it's just God is out there doing God's God stuff. And we're here doing our stuff, wondering how those two fit together. In fact, it's few and far between where we find people that are able to connect those things together, to understand what God is doing in the world, to where it seems to make sense in their own life of how they're to live it out. And that's why we come to this series. I'm excited to begin this new series of The God Project, of looking at what God's intentions are for us and helping us to see something of a message that won't self-destruct, 
In fact, you can read it. You could read the whole thing in just a few minutes. It's a few pages of your Bible or a few scrolls on your phone as you look through Ephesians. You might even want to do that this week. This book, Ephesians, that we're looking at, has some mystery around it. Uh, it says that it's to the Ephesians, and it says that it's written by Paul, but the earliest and most reliable manuscripts don't say Ephesians. It's almost as if it was a letter that was intended for a lot of people, that it fits and applies to all of us. And, you know, you sit back and you wonder, all right, are we looking at trying to figure out, is this really from Paul? Where Paul says, I've heard of your faith, I, I've, I know about things. Well, wait a second. If you read Acts, Paul really knows this group of people. He, he spent years with them. He cried with the leaders. He cried and watched their tears as he was leaving and not going to be around them anymore. Well, needless to say, our focus is not on the authorship. It's not on whether or not Ephesus is the only church that it was written to. That's not our focus at all. Instead, we're focused in on what it has to say to us as God-seekers. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. A greeting that invites not just Jews to understand, but also Gentiles. And in this God project, we find out really who we are. So open up, open up your Bible and take a look. You heard it read, but in the first few verses, we get this blessing where God blessed you in Christ. God chose you to be holy. God has destined and adopted you. These words make me wonder, okay, well, well who is the us? If he chose us and blessed us and adopted us, who is it? Is that really for me? Well, more on that in a moment. I want to point us to only two things today. Two things that come out of what I would say is the key or the thesis that we're going to be driving for in this God project. It's only a few verses in length, but it tells us in verse 9 and 10 what Paul is trying to do. That God has this mission in Christ to gather up all things in heaven and on earth together in Christ. And as we hear that message, that's pretty grand, that that puts stars in our eyes, that makes us wonder, well, how does that really look? What does that look like in my own life, where God could gather up everything, really? In heaven and on earth, all of it? All the things that we see, all the people that we see, all the experiences that we have, can God really bring all of those things together? Well, from that thesis are two things that I want us to look at. The first is in Christ. I tried to emphasize it. I don't know how well I did today, trying to emphasize in and through Christ. Did you kind of pick up on it a little bit? Over and over again, these things that I just said of blessing and choosing and adopting, that's just the first. If you look down through each verse, just let this wash over you. In Christ, we're given grace as God's gift in verse 6. We're given redemption and forgiveness in verse 7. We're given the ability to know God's plan, his purpose for us in verse 9. That plan in verse 10 to gather up all things together. An inheritance that we're handed in Christ. And we're set up to live for the praise of his glory in verse 12. We're given the word, the ability to hear the word in Christ in verse 13. And we're marked, we're touched, we're changed 
by the Holy Spirit in verse 13. Now, I'm not going to go into all of those words, but it's kind of a massive sweep when you hear verse after verse after verse pointing us to in Christ. Well, I want to do a little language lesson because I don't want to look at all of those words. I want to teach you the Greek word for in. Are you ready for this? You know, the Old New Testament written in Greek. The Greek word for in is in. You think you can remember that? It's, it's E-N instead of I-N. Well, it's just one of those common prepositions. In fact, it's in, it's the most used preposition in the whole New Testament. And, and it's one where you don't always know what it's going to mean, what it's pointing to, whether it's causal or local. And now you scratch your chin or your head and you're like, where? What? Causal or local? Well, local, if you think about something being in it, it's localized inside of it. Like, in him we live and move and have our being. Okay, localized in me. Causal would be some kind of an effect where through him we live and move and have our being. Both of those are normal translations of Acts 17, 28. Well, all right, so in could mean in or it could be caused by God. It's not a complicated word. Well, we could talk spatially about in, where you're going inside, you're going to something. Or maybe we could even talk in terms of people that were in an assembly like we are right now. You could look and see who's next to you, what they smell like among a group of people. Or, and maybe this is what Paul is pushing us towards, a religious term of being inside of God of being someone who has joy inside of you, someone who has faith in you. All of these point us to what is happening in Christ, where everything is being brought together. Okay, well, I'm trying to impress you with that first one. In Christ, over and over again, it's repeated. Well, there's a second thing, and that is the people. All nations, all groups of people, One little thing that we're going to see time and time again will show up in chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, where Paul tells a remarkable story as a Jew. He lets us know that even though he was a Jew who was on the insider group, those that had the promise of God, that in God's project and God's plan, it's not just for those religious people, not just for the insider Jews, it's for all people. Gentiles is just a word that means nations. God, in his plan and his project, opens this up to all people. So I don't care who you are, you can be an insider. You can be one on the inside and among the group of people that are seeking after God, adopted into what he is doing in this world. Paul calls them partners and fellow heirs. And I think that's why he probably even uses the greeting that he does, a Jewish greeting and a Greek greeting. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. So there's lots to look at. So much so that you might start having questions about election. Not the election, but being a part of the elect. I want to talk about that some next week, not today. I want to turn us now towards, all right, if we think about being in Christ, if we think about being among this group of people that God is gathering together and gathering up, what does that really look like for us? 
It still sounds far off, right? Sounds like that God thing that God's doing out there, but what about me? What about us and what God is up to today? I'd like us to think a bit about the voices that are in our life. We could almost imagine the voices that are in our life as if they were a line of people in front of us. They don't show up that way. They might show up in some different ways. These are voices that try to determine what our identity is, who we are, and they tell us repeatedly. So one example of one voice would be your online shopping cart. Now think about your online shopping cart. You've got some stuff in there. Stuff that is maybe even you're planning to purchase this afternoon. And maybe you're getting recommendations based upon what you've looked at or based upon what you've bought before. Here is what you need today. Right? Are we familiar with this? Yes, we are. It's a message that's being communicated to us that we are what we buy, what we purchase, what we look at. That's what our identity is. And what is most important about us is the next thing that we're going to buy, at least for that company. Well, that's one voice that can be there. Maybe it shows up similarly in, in music streaming subscriptions. Anybody on a music streaming subscription? It'll say, well, because you liked this song, you might like this string of songs. Because you like this artist, you might like these artists. And it's almost like it's you are who you follow, who you listen to, what appeals to you. Do you get a sense of what these voices are like? Maybe one that's even more frustrating and maybe more alluring is the voice of politics, where we're told, because you believe Z, you need to vote X. Because you're a Christian Z, you certainly will support X. Am I right? Most of our political discussions get marked into two boxes. Like, are you going to check box one or are you going to check box two? And these simplified understandings of truth take away all the nuance and all the difficulty and they try to force us into box one or box two. But we're human beings and we're much more complicated than that. We can't be defined by what these voices tell us that we are. Now we could go on and on, couldn't we? About appearance or image or sexuality or gender or our intellect or the career that we have. All of these voices press in on us and it's almost like Christian is just one more that gets stamped on there. It's another part of the choice. That's what I want to crack out of. That's what I want us to push away from because I think that in this project, God is calling us to be identified in Christ can you say that with me? In Christ. Let's try one more time. You guys fell asleep on me. One more time. In Christ. Yeah, that's, that's better. That's better. Because that's what our true identity is. We're, we're not into thinking either and or, black and white. We're not into binary thinking where it's very simplistic. Because as much as these voices try to sell us things on TV or online, or even music, sell us something about what our identity is, those same voices pitch back to us images of pain and suffering and difficulty, images of hate. 
Look one last time with me at verses 9 and 10 so that we can emblazon in our mind what this God project is to look like. Hear these words again. God has made known to us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure that he set forth, let's try it again, can you say in Christ? That he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. This is the pinnacle. This is what we're being drawn into. It keeps us from having to worry because it's not our project. It keeps us from the anxiety that's caused by a lot of these voices that tell us who we are and what we're to be about. It keeps us from uncertainty where we just feel like there's more for us to do because we realize this is what God is doing. That God is making us holy and that God is making us into a better person. A God that looks at us and has chosen us and adopted us and called us into his purpose. A purpose that is about living to the praise of his glory. Repeated over and over again in verse 6 and verse 12 and verse 14. That we might live to the praise of his glory. And that's a mission that I want to throw out for us to be thinking about. Are we willing to accept that mission? And perhaps you're uncertain. That's okay. Are we willing to look at and examine this mission several different ways over these coming weeks? To take it deeper and deeper. To learn more about what it is to live in Christ. To have the fullness of Christ overwhelm us. And to see Christ fill all and in all. I think I have to take this one step further, very practically. Because I'm leaving the application of it up to you. For you to figure out in your life what it looks like to be in Christ. So I'm going to give you an example of how I don't feel like I was in Christ. This weekend, uh, Lizzie and I got to go skiing. And it's just great. It's great to get to be with your daughter doing anything, I'll tell you that. But to get to go skiing and be out in the mountains and enjoying good snow and coming down the slopes, it's great. I don't know if you're a skier or not, but if you're not a skier, there's one thing that can happen. And I found that everybody was on their best behavior yesterday. People were very nice, but there's one thing that happens regularly that really drives me crazy. When you're in the ski line to get on the lift, sometimes people will just get up close to you and they'll just get all over the backs of your skis. They'll just be stepping on them and tromping on them with their own skis. And usually what you can do is just kind of glance back and they get the picture and they're like, oh, sorry, sorry because they don't realize that their snowboard or their skis are all over you. But sometimes they just don't get the picture at all. So you look back several times. Okay, so we had several of these experiences, and there was one time late in the day where a little girl was getting all over my skis. And the dad was saying, hey, honey, get, up, get off his skis. And I looked back several times, just, you know, a general kind of glance. But here's when things kind of broke down. She wasn't getting the picture from dad. It didn't matter how long we were waiting in line. She was still right up almost to my boots on my skis. And so I did what a Christian shouldn't do, is I just looked back and I caught eyes with her and I just glared at her, trying to think about even what I was going to say. And we just locked eyes there for a minute. And I just didn't say anything at all. And I turned back around. She stopped 
getting on my skis. Now, I don't know what that says about my ability to glare, you know. <laughs> but I wished I'd have done that differently. If I'm thinking about my life being in Christ, that's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for me to look back and lock eyes with this girl and say, hey, are you getting to ski today? Are you having fun skiing? Have you had a good day skiing? I know you may not know it, but you're on top of my skis. Could you stay back just a little bit? Do you see the missed opportunity to actually be human? And I know that might not seem like a significant experience at all, but that's the kind of thing that I want you to be thinking about this week. How are you living in Christ with every breath? Not so that you'll feel bad for the mistakes that you make. That's not what I'm saying. Mistakes provide an opportunity to do something different and better. How might you live your life in Christ? Let's pray. God, we thank you that in this vast universe that we cannot measure, that we cannot even imagine, our minds can't contain it, that you've set your heart on us in love. And we thank you that you are in this project gather, gathering up all things, all people in Christ. And so we pray that over these coming weeks that we'll think not universally about what this looks like, but very personally of how we might better live in Christ in our life. To join with you in what you're doing to bring all things together. And this is our prayer. Through Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.